that in itself was valuable enough to us. <clears throat> so that, that really helped, I think, with us being able to just keep doing it um, for so long and being consistent with it. Because I think growing a podcast is, is pretty difficult. Welcome to The Mountain Pass, a podcast about lifelong learning, curiosity, and our wonderful brain. Topics we love at Alp Audio. But this isn't a podcast about Alp the product. Rather, it's conversations driven by our curiosity. Today, I'm talking to Noah Bragg. Noah's journey in many ways embodies the modern learning arc for so many of us. He graduated in 2016 with a background in computer science, started his career as a developer, but pretty quickly found himself building all kinds of different things and products, and having to deal with marketing and distribution, which has led him down a lifelong learning path, including starting his very own podcast, Product Journey. I really enjoyed this conversation, the different topics we covered, and the unexpected rabbit holes we went down. Enjoy. Noah, welcome to the Mountain Pass. It's great to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so we've been connected through a mutual friend, acquaintance, Twitter connection, uh, Michelle from Type Dream. And when I kind of started going through your bio and LinkedIn and Twitter, I saw that there were just a lot of different things that you were working on that were interesting. But before we dive into your background and what you do and what you work on or things like that, I just want to share with a tweet that you shared, I think yesterday, right? Mm-hmm, yep. On you making, transferring over $3,000 from your business bank account to your personal bank account. Um, and what an amazing feeling and awesome moment that is. So I just wanted to, let's start with that. Tell us what that is, what that tweet's about. Um, and then we'll work our way backwards. Yeah, sounds good. Um, yeah, I just thought it'd be, it'd be a fun moment to share um, because it is kind of a crazy thing to think that like you could start your own business and actually make money. And then from that, like be able to pay yourself. And uh, so, yeah, it was the first time. I mean, I've been working on uh, my current business potion for a while now, but I've never had I've never needed the money and I've kind of just had it sitting there. Some of, some of the money I've made from the business, I put back into the business um, with like, like paying like freelancers to help me with little jobs here and there. Um, but yeah, it, it came to a point where it's like, there's some extra money there. And I was like, hmm, what, maybe I should like actually just like take some profit um, and pay myself for once and just it'd be kind of a nice thing. So I just decided to do that randomly and uh, just thought I would share it with everyone else on Twitter. So yeah, it was, it was cool. Love it. It's, it's an amazing moment when, when you get that kind of win, especially for a project that you've been working on. Um, so why don't we go there a little bit? What is Potion? How long have you been working on it? Is it your main gig or do you have other things that you're working on in parallel? Yeah. So uh, I've been working on Potion for actually getting close to a year. I started it around 11 months ago and maybe launched it like nine months ago. Um, and what Potion is, is it's a website builder that's built on top of Notion. 
Um, so people that don't know, Notion is kind of like a, a note-taking app. People use it for like their personal um, notes and things like that. But then also businesses use it for like product management and like um, wikis and like putting uh, docs, internal docs or public docs. And so Potion basically takes people's Notion pages and turns it into an actual website that's optimized for like speed and um, you can kind of customize how it looks. <clears throat> and um, it's, it's kind of cool because people are already in Notion a lot, typically if they're a Notion user and they can just kind of build their website from within Notion as well. And then it updates live and is on their, their live website. <clears throat> so, so yeah, that's kind of what Potion is um, in, a, in a little um, summary. Um, but yeah, started it around 11 months ago and it is, it, it is kind of my main thing. Um, it's a side business right now. Cause I, I do have a day job, um, that I work, work full time, but, um, I'm, I'm looking here pretty soon to probably move away from that, to be able to focus on potion full time. So I'm looking forward to that. Cool. So what made you go into potion like what was what was the inception moment what made you start working on it um i know notion has this very avid following i've had a love-hate relationship myself with notion mm -hmm. um and i'm just kind of wondering like what what made you realize that a this was a problem with solving and b like, you wanted to work on this yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I had started to build out this theory for myself that building on top of a platform is just like a really good way to build an indie hacker kind of business. And I had, I had kind of decided through my past, um, cause I had, I had built like a startup in the past uh, with a friend where we were trying to go big kind of thing. And through that experience, I kind of decided for myself, like, I don't think like building a huge business is really what I enjoy or care about. Um, that really, I just want to build a business that um, works really well on a small scale. Maybe it's just myself. Maybe it's a small team eventually, um, but something that doesn't feel so risky um, that I can build and just over time make a, a great business out of it. And so I I'd, I'd started to look at platforms um, because I saw lots of benefits to building on top of a platform where <clears throat> You know, some of the the marketing uh, is a little bit easier for you because you can kind of attach yourself to something that's already valuable. You can attach yourself to a platform that lots of people are already using and then say like, hey, this is you're already using this. This is a little extra benefit that you can have by using my product. Um, and so I think it makes a lot of the marketing easier. Um, a lot of times platforms have like a marketplace where you can um, have your product and, and a lot of people can find you that way. And for me, like I'm, I'm a software developer by trade marketing, um, and sales stuff isn't like my favorite thing. And so I was trying to find like opportunities to attach myself that like made those, those parts that I don't enjoy as much or that I'm not as good at not be something I have to worry about as much. <clears throat> so all that being said, basically I was starting to look for platforms that I could build on top of, um, and that find opportunities there. And so my first uh, go at this, I, I built a tool called Supportman on top of Intercom and Slack. And it kind of, if you've heard of Intercom, Intercom's kind of like that live chat that people have probably seen and, you know, tons of different websites yeah, we, um, we in the bottom now. corner. We have it integrated. Yep. Yep. So what 
what Supportman did was basically take the support metrics, metrics that like companies, support teams care about, and it would put it, it would bring that in from Intercom to Slack, where a lot of those teams are already like communicating, hanging out in Slack. <clears throat> and um, so yeah, that was that was a really good experience. I learned a lot building that little business. It was a little a little side business, and uh, I worked on it for like six months. And um, yeah, really learned a lot about like the building on a platform, kind of some of the the cons, but there's definitely some pros too, because I was able to get that business off the ground. But I, uh, at the end of that six months, I kind of decided that that opportunity wasn't big enough, uh, that there maybe just wasn't enough potential there. Um, I, I later sold that little business uh, like six months, I guess a year, or a little over a year after starting it. Um, I sold it to someone else for 27K. So I was excited with at least that little outcome with that business. But yeah, I, I just decided that that potential wasn't there. So I started to look for other platforms and I had already been using Notion for a year or so uh, at that time. And I just saw kind of like you were talking about, like I saw the community online, like people just love Notion on, on Twitter and um, different forums, like they just love talking about it. And I saw that as kind of a really good opportunity where it's like, if I can build something in, in the Notion space, maybe I can get some of those community people that love talking about Notion to also talk about what I'm building. Um, and so I just saw kind of a good opportunity there. There was also, it was also the time when Notion just kind of announced that they were going to be building out their API um, which told me that like there was like it was early days for building on top of Notion and that if I could get in front of that, um, there could be a lot of opportunity there with just kind of growing on on the back of Notion. Um, and so then I kind of started looking at Notion ideas because I thought it was a cool platform. And I wanted to tie kind of that opportunity with serving like a customer group that I really enjoy that I really care about. <clears throat> and I've just kind of figured out with like, with my time, like building on Twitter and, and just like being involved in different communities online that I really enjoy hanging out with other entrepreneurs, other founders. And, you know, I think that if I build a business that's serving the kind of people I like to hang around, I think that would be a business that I would really like. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, in some ways I'm trying to build a business that I'm going to enjoy building. And I'm, so I'm kind of optimizing for enjoyment in some ways. And so that was kind of like, okay, how can I tie this notion opportunity, this platform to get together with serving the customers I like to be around with. And, um, that's when I kind of looked to things that I thought like other entrepreneurs would need tools they would need um, building for them. And that's, that's where I kind of came to the idea of potion that building, you know, websites is one of the main things that a business needs, like pretty much every business needs a website nowadays. And um, for, you know, so entrepreneurs or pro consumers, like, I think it's hard to find tools and things that they're actually willing to pay for. I think there's only a few things like it's gotta be, an important problem for them to be willing to pay for it when they probably have a small budget and they're just getting started or whatever. But websites, I think is typically one of those main things that someone's going to be willing to pay for. Um, and so for me trying to serve that niche, I, I felt like a website kind of builder made a lot of sense. Um, and so, yeah, just started kind of researching it. 
um, and, and going kind of after that idea, talking to people about it, getting feedback. And, and that's kind of how I, how I started out. Okay. Wow. I love this. There's, there's a lot to unpack. Um, cause I want us to go down the, the platform rabbit hole for a second. Um, yeah. Cause yeah, I just, I love the way you framed also how you think about it as an indie developer, how you choose the platform, um, you know, what you're looking for also as a personal kind of small and medium business owner, but also like what you're looking for in the platform. Um, and it made me think of, you know, the early days of the app store, you know, basically whoever got an app out fast enough, um, one, right. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're early to a growing platform, then there's a lot of room for upside, um, because of the marketing and kind of the brand is taken care of to some extent. And I thought it was so insightful that you said, you know, my strong suit is the development side is the product side. It's not the marketing side. And so let me outsource that as much as possible. Um, mm-hmm. I'm wondering how you think about the risks of building on a platform, the downsides to it, and then also, um, dealing with that marketing, even though you don't like it because, something that's common with platforms is that they get overcrowded at some point mm-hmm. they reach saturation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if notions there. Um, but I know with notion specifically, there's the risk of their pace of developing their API, um, Twitter, same thing, you know, the app store, if I just mentioned that now we're at the other side of the spectrum where there are a bazillion apps and now you have to pay Apple to be promoted on their yep. platform. Right. So like, how, how do you think about all of those different things? Yeah, so that is definitely something to think about because there's definitely limitations. There's definitely risk. Like Notion could decide that they just want to build a website builder as extra features for what they offer and kind of just take me out of business. So that is something that you definitely have to think through. Um, And it really is different for every platform, I think, just like evaluating like, you know, what are the possible risks here? Um, where's the platform going? Like, I think trying to figure out like, what's the platform, like, where does it seem like in the next like five years, like they're trying to go, they're trying to, to reach for and do their goals, um, kind of mess up kind of what you're doing. Um, cause that could, yeah, that could definitely be some risk. Um, and then, yeah, kind of the, you know, I am building on top of them. And so just seeing like, what, what things are they wanting to happen? Um, what are they like allowing, like, am I in in alignment with the value they're trying to give to their customers so that then they're happy with what I'm doing. And so I, I tried to really just like gauge some of those questions by getting closer to the notion team, um, in like Slack kind of group with quite a few notion, um, team members. And I've like connected with, uh, a notion engineer kind of get an idea what they want, where they're headed so that I can try to just get an idea of some of those questions. Um, and, um, so yeah, the, the good thing with notion at least is it seems like they really are, uh, they really want people to build on top of notion. Like they really want to become a platform and that's why they build out like their, and, um, and so it seems like they're, they're really happy about people building tools like Potion on top of Notion and, the, and they want to help us thrive, which is really cool. Um, 
even with that, like you have to be careful because it's like, who knows if they just like change their mind <laughs> at any moment. Um, so there's definitely some risks to it. Um, but for me, like, I think those risks are worth it, I guess, for some of those other reasons that I, I mentioned. Um, but yeah, it's, it can be tricky. I mean, so for them, uh, they've been changing things pretty quickly, at least in the last like four months or so. And so I will have to be like on top of things pretty quickly. Like sometimes they'll make a change that will break something in potion and I'll have to just like jump on that real quick and, and make that kind of fix. So that is kind of a, you know, something to look out for. Like if you're thinking about building a business like this, that like you will have to maybe react a little bit more to some things. Um, and obviously it probably depends on the platform, like what, at what stage they're at. Cause notion is kind of moving decently quickly right now since they're still kind of a an earlier company um but yeah definitely definitely a lot to think about there and in terms of kind of balancing out the the marketing that you get for being early on a platform versus having to promote potion on your own what does, what does that look like and yeah so how do you how do you decide that you've made it to kind of go full in on on potion yeah. So for marketing, um, this is like another thing that I think just made a lot of sense for me, um, building for other founders and entrepreneurs, um, is because what I found, I I've been kind of building my businesses transparently on Twitter for a while now. And I kind of found that like the building in public kind of thing, um, that people talk about, that's more or less what I've been doing for a while. Um, and I just found that people that are also like entrepreneurs, founders, they really enjoy following along that kind of stuff, like following along people's journeys. Um, and so really that's like kind of how I started out doing marketing was just kind of sharing my journey, sharing what I was doing. And then a decent, you know, some of those people that were following along that also were interested in, in building a website with potion. And so that's kind of really how I, I started out. Um, but I more, more so, I think I've just kind of used notions community that they've kind of already built um and just started like um having them become aware of potion and then kind of some word of mouth started from there so that's there's definitely been like a benefit of just kind of being a part of that notion community um that that's really helped with some of the marketing um because yeah notion itself as a company isn't necessarily doing a ton of marketing for for me right now really um i think they probably do plan to have a marketplace of some sort eventually that potion could be on and that could be that could be helpful but it's more so just been valuable being a part of that notion community that's already kind of vibrant online that i think has helped um and so i've just kind of plugged into that but then you know i'm i'm still Still trying to do the marketing stuff on my own, mainly through kind of building a public, um, trying to get some SEO juices flowing um, with my own website and guides and things like that. Um, and then I've been trying to make like YouTube videos that are kind of more or less like how to's of like building websites with Potion and Notion and things like that. So those are some of the marketing things um, that I've, I've tried to do. Got it. And I guess just following up on, on the building in public thread. So this is a topic that I've had, I think three conversations about um, on the podcast so far with uh, Kevon Chung, April and Alter and, and Michelle. Um, mm -hmm. 
I'm just wondering to get your take, like what, what does building in public mean for you? And I, there's also, a, you know, like an entire episode that you, you kind of talk about this on your own podcast. Mm-hmm. So we can, yeah. we can get like just the headlines. And then if you really want to dive deep, they can, they can kind of go there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think building in public is really just like sharing what's going on, like sharing the things I'm learning and trying to share kind of the journey that I'm going through um, with my own business and trying to share like those valuable parts, those valuable pieces. Um, And I think that, I mean, the idea is that, you know, sharing those things will be valuable to other people. Um, And I know at least for myself, like I followed a lot of people, a lot of other entrepreneurs journeys like that. And there just seems to be something that like where rubber hits the road, like a real like journey of like real decisions that are being shared that can be, I think sometimes more valuable than just like reading, um, I don't know, business books and things that are just like theory, I guess. Like, I feel like you can just learn a lot from seeing the real decisions, the real, a real business uh, being played out. And so that's what I, I try to do is, is just be transparent about what I'm doing, share kind of the ups and the downs because not everything is perfect. Um, and so just kind of being transparent with that and um, hopefully that's valuable to people. So that's what I tried to do, just kind of share those decision points and things like that. And um, kind of the, the good thing, uh, the thing I like about it is like, it doesn't really take at least so far for me, like it doesn't take a ton of extra effort to make that kind of content. Cause it's kind of like the things I'm already thinking through and learning through already. And then I'm just kind of like sharing that. Um, and so I like it for that reason too, cause it's not like I have to build out some whole like media <laughs> content brand at the same time. Um, so it's just, it's just you, it's your personal brand. It's your mm-hmm. personal project. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes it much easier. I was just having this conversation yesterday about there's this like social media doesn't, doesn't jive with having a brand. Like a brand isn't inherently social. People are inherently social. Um, but uh, yeah. I, I liked your, your kind of framing for building in public because it's, it's very simple and it, it's not overthinking it. And I think sometimes, especially now that it's become a thing, it, it can get there. Um, but as you were, as you're kind of talking about how you think through the marketing side and the building and public side, like it occurred to me that you don't have a background in any of this, right? Your backgrounds in computer science and development, um, your mm-hmm. first jobs out of college were like in development. So, and I, and also kind of listening to, to your podcast, which I've been binging over the past few days, um, there's just like this constant uh, thread or silver lining of learning all of these new concepts, terms, fields, domains, especially because it's, it's your own business, right? It's a small business. You have to do everything. And there was this episode, I think from like a month or two ago on churn, um, you know, where that's retention and churn and, and figuring that out is, is just, you know, there, there are product marketing teams who specialize in this. So I'm just curious on your learning journey. And figuring all of these things out, yeah, is it, it you know just yeah? Like, what do you how how do you think about it? Do you read first? Do first? Um, is it a cycle? Is it linear? Yeah. So I think one of the things that at least 
helps is I think that learning is probably one of the funnest things um, in life, like just learning new skills. I really enjoy it. Um, and I've been building businesses or side businesses for probably like the last five years. So I've been trying to do this stuff for a while, um, which, you know, just obviously over time, the more you're trying things, practicing things, I think the more like I've gotten better at it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I, 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 I definitely like read a, a lot of books. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I probably listen to like six podcasts that are basically similar to mine, where it's just like other people sharing their journey, kind of building public, but sharing in a podcast form. Um, so I, I think I've, I've, I learn a lot from listening to those kind of things. Um, and then, you know, I think, yeah, you can't really learn it until you're just trying it yourself. Um, and so I've, you know, I've done that a lot of times, just trying to build little businesses and probably the first couple that I, I started didn't really go anywhere. Um, but you know, I learned a lot through that process and how to, how to build, how to like, how to build an MVP, um, and like build, like how, how to prioritize. I think that's like one of the big things is like how to know what things to focus on in a business and what things not to focus on because you only have so many resources, especially as a, a solo entrepreneur. Um, and so, yeah, it's, I guess it's kind of a hodgepodge of like reading, learning, listening, but then also like trying things out myself and learning as I, I build and try to create businesses. Um, but I think that's, I mean, that's definitely the key is like learning, like just ne never stopping the learning, I guess. Um, because things change over time too. Like, um, the way markets work and how businesses do well and marketing, like, I think it all kind of changes, um, over the years. And so if you can just kind of keep learning as you go, I think that can, can really help. And so that's what I, I try to do. And thankfully, like, I really just enjoy learning. So I think that that helps a lot to make this something I want to do and enjoy doing. <clears throat> and when do you find the time? <laughs> because, you know, you said you have a day job um, and you said kind of listening, reading. So A, are there any resources? And B, like, when do you find the time? Are you a weekend warrior? Are you like a night owl? Um, let's see. So, I mean, for podcasts, what I really like about podcasts is, you know, you can kind of multitask while listening to a podcast. So I'll, I'll like, while I'm working out, I'll usually be listening to a podcast or if whenever I'm like driving in the car, I'll be listening to a podcast. Um, you know, sometimes you can, <laughs> sometimes you can, uh, work or if you're doing like some, you know, tasks that don't really take much of your brain, like maybe I'll be listening to something while I'm doing some work or, you know, answering emails, things like that. Um, that's probably the main thing right now. I, I'm not reading a, a ton of books currently. Um, but yeah, some like in the evenings is when I would read sometime. I've kind of noticed for myself too, is that I feel like I kind of have like cycles where I'll have a cycle of like learning where I just like want to learn stuff. And then once I learn all those things, I'll have like a cycle where I just really want to like go build things and like kind of use maybe some of that knowledge, uh, the things that I kind of learned and build up. Um, and I've noticed that, I don't know the last, yeah, the last five years, I'll kind of go into those cycles where it's like, I'll, I'll go into time where I just 
want to learn and figure out stuff. And then I'll go into times where I just kind of bunker down and just like build and I'm not really learning anything new. I'm just like building, but obviously, you, you know, you learn a lot through those building processes as well. Um, but maybe that's kind of how I've done it too, is I'm not doing it all at once. It's kind of like back and forth. Um, and, you know, over time, you'll learn things, uh, learn, you can learn a decent amount, I guess, after doing that for multiple years. Yeah. You're, I mean, a, you're pitching to the choir on audio and just like lack of time. Um, but yeah, I've, I've also found cycles in terms of my own personal learning. It's like where you have, there's just, uh, you learn, you read, you listen, whatever it is, you kind of ingest the knowledge, then you go and do it. And then to, you know, there's that cycle and you get back to the learning phase, but you're, even if you're learning the same topic, you're actually already a different person because you have that experience Mm -hmm. implementing it in some, in some context. Um, and, and then you approach the learning in a, in a different mindset or or frame of mind. Um, do you think that people, and this is a wild tangent, but do you think people who are graduating today in kind of the environment, the work environment today, whether it's remote or having finished the last year of their university or college degree remote, do you think that is different? Um, Cause I mean, just in my mindset, when I speak to, to people who are interns or, or kind of thinking about their next year, even they're missing out on mentorship of having someone work with them closely. But on the other hand, they're more capable like they've already learned how to Google things, uh, which is mm-hmm. often what you do the first few months on any job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So different as in like where people are at with like their, their learning, like once they graduate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> I, th- I think probably so. Uh, I think things have changed a lot where, you know, you could like starting businesses, for example, like I think are a lot easier than maybe they were five, 10 years ago. And um, yeah, someone just out of college could start something um, and they, you know, they really do have all the skills to kind of get going um, and, and build something, I think. Um, and I think there is maybe just a lot more information out there kind of like you're saying like even like using google like where you can learn as you go and and i think you know that's probably where learning really works the best is learning as you're doing something and building in something and so it's kind of like why not just get started on whatever project it is Um, because you're probably going to learn more along the way than just like sitting on the sidelines um just reading books or things like that um So I think, yeah, I think like the the more material and stuff that's out there now, I think can maybe make, make that process easier and make it more doable for people to kind of just get started. Yeah, no, I really agree. I think by the way, podcasts are a big part of that um, kind of, and the building in public, but I think podcasts are, there's some podcasts, um, yours included that are, that are kind of building in public, but in a podcast format. Um, and the content is there mm-hmm. and the discussions are there as we make them or, you know, one month delayed or whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of curious what you've learned on your podcast journey. Um, I think like 
I've, I've been learning a lot hosting this podcast for the past five months. I'm kind of curious. You've been at it for two years. Um, like what if, I guess from your perspective, what has been like the, the biggest learning from being a podcast host? Yeah. Um, podcasting is really fun. I think, um, I mean, I think the first thing is like looking at like why we were doing it. Um, because I think a lot of podcasters might have different goals than what we did. Uh, me and my co-host, I mean, we were really like, we were just wanting to do it, just kind of share, um, what we were doing. Um, and really just to get together, like our, our podcasts would be pretty much, I think it would still like, we'd probably still do it even if hardly like anyone was listening because it's just valuable me and my co-host having these discussions, these conversations back and forth and just like sharing with each other, updating each other on what decisions we're making around our businesses. And that in itself was valuable enough to us. Um, so that, that really helped, I think, with us being able to just keep doing it um, for so long and being consistent with it. Because I think growing a podcast is, is pretty difficult. There's not, you know, a ton of discovery. Discovery in podcasts is hard. So it's really hard to kind of grow like a new audience, I think. Um, and really the best thing that I think can help is just persistence. And so that's kind of what we found is just like, keep doing it. Like people slowly find us um, and people slowly maybe share it with um, some of their friends. And that's kind of how we've grown for the most part. Um, but yeah, we still don't have, like, we don't have like a huge audience um, or something like that. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I mean, the other thing that has helped us kind of keep with it is we try to make like recording and doing the podcast, like as easy for us as possible in a way. So like we're our, you know, our, our quality isn't like probably the best. Like it's basically just us having like getting on the phone and having a, a conversation and, you know, we don't necessarily edit it a ton. Like we don't take out any pauses or things like that. We just kind of whatever we record, we just kind of <laughs> cut up the front, cut off the back and, and there you go. Um, so consistent and it doesn't take a ton of our time to, to produce it. Um, and so that's, I think definitely been, uh, beneficial, uh, podcasting is cool though. Like I, I really like the medium and that it gives, it gives such a, like a longer format where so many, um, formats of media nowadays, like are so short, you know, like TikTok and Twitter, which is like a couple sentences. Um, and you can't really get a ton of context in those kind of formats where with a podcast, I, I feel like it's really the only kind of media format, you know, maybe, maybe some YouTube videos. Um, but it's the format where people are willing to give a decent amount of time. Um, and so you can just go through a lot more context and I think people can really start to get to know, uh, you know, the podcast hosts. Um, so it really is a cool thing. And, uh, so I've really enjoyed enjoyed doing it. And again, but the, the goal isn't necessarily like build a huge audience. It's more just like, um, learn to gather me and my co-host as we're just kind of going through our journeys and hopefully we can, you know, share that with other people and, and hopefully it's valuable. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of been our goal and it's been, it's been a fun, it's been a fun journey. Yeah. Almost, I think a little over two years that we've been doing it. Uh, so it's been good. Yeah. I love the, I love the theme. It keeps on popping up in a few of my conversations of just, just being consistent, right? You've been working on 
on Potion for almost a year. The podcast has been out for two years, uh, two and a bit. And just, just doing it, just being out there, being consistent, doing the work kind of week in, week out, month in, month out, that's, that's kind of a lesson in and of itself um, and having fun. And the only way, the only way you get there is by making it fun because we we're bad at long-term goals as humans. And so you only get there by making mm-hmm. shorter term fun, fun goals. Um, one of my own kind mm-hmm. of things with my own podcast is like how to be a better interviewer. Uh, I'm just kind of wondering if you have any tips off the cuff of, uh, from your two years of conversations, like what, you know, have you found any good tips, I guess, just tips on questions or, or being a better interviewer? I mean, I think you're doing a great job. So I don't, I don't think I have a, <laughs> have a ton uh, to offer you. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think the main thing, and this I've noticed with podcasts that I listen to is that podcasts where it's like, you know, especially in interviews where people kind of get really comfortable and it's just like, like they can just be themselves um, and really have just like a fun, like normal, like conversation. I think those kind of interviews are, end up being kind of the best. And like, I think when people kind of are uh, enjoying the conversation, like the interviewee, I guess, they're more likely to open up. Like I have seen this with like Joe Rogan. Like if you was seen any of his podcasts, like he's just really good at just kind of like making it almost like they forget they're on a podcast. And then, then it's just like, they're it's two friends just kind of like chatting. Um, and I think those kind of podcasts end up, um, being the most informative and, um, transparent. And, uh, yeah, I think those, those, those ones are really good. And so I don't know the, obviously the skills as an interviewer, um, to make that happen, uh, that that's tricky. That's, uh, there's probably a lot that goes into that, that I don't, I don't even know, but I think that being the goal, I think can, can help a lot. Just like making the, making an interview feel like, like it's two friends, just kind of like chatting. Um, and you know, then the listener gets to kind of be a part of that, uh, relationship, which is kind of cool. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. Um, kind of just, I think one of the the stronger parts of audio is is the connection with the people who you're hearing. You know, you're hearing their voices implanted in your brain, with uh, especially with AirPods mm-hmm. or or you know, headphones of some of some kind. And when the conversation becomes uh, more genuine, that that superpower is amplified. Um, so, hundred percent agree. So I guess uh, just kind of wrapping up this one, um, we're going to put a link to your podcast in, in our show notes, the Product Journey Podcast. Um, but where else can people keep up with Potion, with what you're building, with you know everything else you've got going on? Yeah, so Potion is at potion.so.so. Um, and then I, I share a lot, um, kind of like we talked about, I share a lot on Twitter mostly. Um, and my handle there is Noah W. Bragg. And uh, yeah, I just kind of share kind of the decision points I'm at, what I'm, what progress I'm making on the business. Um, and I, I try to make like these little two minute and 20 second videos, because that's all that Twitter allows um, of just kind of some of the things I'm working on. And, you know, I'll upload like a little video like that every so often on Twitter. And then I'll 
I also kind of upload some videos to YouTube. Um, but yeah, that's, that's probably the main place to, to look out and kind of see the, the, the stuff and doing is that, that podcast and then Twitter. Cool. All right. So I'll put links to all of that stuff here. Uh, I'm just looking at your, your Twitter uh, banner right now. And you've got, you've got some NFTs there. You've got some, uh, I think it's what crazy uh, yes. lions or whatever it is. <laughs> so there, <laughs> I think the next, next time we chat, it could be about web three, but uh, yeah, this, is, this has been great. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me. This was fun.